What does it take to build a community of learners using social media? What if those learners had been raised on stereotypes that punish them for being online? Thank you for joining me for another episode of Digital Learning with Digital Zones. I'm Adam Brown and I masquerade as Digital Zones on Twitter and Instagram. One thing that I try to do early in any unit that I teach is to break down stereotypes that society imparts on young people, often to their detriment. These ideas range from younger generations being naturally and enthusiastically involved in content making and sharing, to contradictory messages that both demonise and infantilise them for their online behaviour. These discourses mean that there are always initial barriers to getting students active in digital spaces and participating in an online learning community. So this episode focuses on subverting stereotypes and building community, and it does so with the generous help of fellow digital media educator Emily Wade. So Emily, we've been teaching digital media units to students for some time with hundreds of students coming in from all different kinds of faculties and degrees. And I wanted to ask you about the issue of the digital native, the generation next digital native. I have no idea what they call the stereotype anymore, but I know that it's pervasive. It's business leaders, it's politicians, it's journalists. It is people who manage universities a lot of the time who have this perception of students who are out there deeply engrossed with the digital world, social media, which is true on the one hand, but usually not in the way that they actually mean. Mm. Yeah, so it's something that did somewhat surprise me when I first started teaching was how ingrained those messages have become in the minds of young people themselves. So it's really a, a negative perception and and messages that come out even around the fact that yes they are you know you hear these things young people are on their phones all the time they don't know how to interact with each other in in real life they're addicted to various things whether it's gaming or or watching videos or social media and to a great extent the vast majority of students that I meet are bright young people who are engaged with their peers and their surroundings, they're excellent communicators, they actually are quite savvy online but the thing that they learn through a process of doing digital media units for example is how to translate those skills into a more professional setting so they can actually be more critical um, and creative with their uses of those media. But I've actually had young people say to me and repeat those messages, well, we're not going to be able to talk to each other soon. They've actually said that in classes. And it's interesting that they have so obviously been fed these messages so consistently that, that they are actually repeating them. And a lot of what I see is so positive though. So it really speaks to the opposite, that young people are creative and they're passionate about the world and what's happening around them and making positive contributions. It's a shame and hopefully the more we can work with them and, and young people develop confidence in their, in their strengths and their creativity to really feel empowered using these forms of media, I think the better it will be because it's, it's not productive 
staying in those conversations around the negative discourses. Yeah. yeah. Social media dystopias make great Hollywood movies, don't they? But Mm. they seldom really reflect anything that is going on. Mm. And that's a real problem when the exception becomes the rule and they become exaggerated. Really, as you say, you've got a great example there of when students actually articulate the same messages about themselves to Mm. other people, including their peers. It really does show that social discourse does impact people and their identity Mm. is in part reinforced and reconfigured according to those ideas. It's, Mm. It's something that we try and push back a lot against and you're in a unique position in terms of community building because you teach at the Melbourne Burwood campus, the Geelong Warren Ponds campus, and online in what we now call cloud mode. Mm. Do you kind of feel yourself sensing differences in the communities and how do you feel the ideal of trying to form one student community with equitable access and opportunities sort of happens? Well, I suppose it's something that I do try and highlight to students because as is a natural human behaviour, we tend to focus on our our natural physical environments that we can see and students and, and people in general may feel disconnected from a wider cohort, for example, but highlighting to students the number of students, for example, that are taking one unit and that those students are spread out across different campuses and the fact that they have the tools available to them to actually create connections online and not just connections but meaningful connections that could lead to work in the future or just personal development is something that I think not all or many students have considered prior so it is something that I try and highlight and there are different ways to foster those connections whether it's on social media through the use of a hashtag or if it's sharing media to different sites and interacting with each other's work there through commenting or or sharing and many other forms of of communication so I hope that through the process of learning by doing and actually immersing themselves in these different forms of media they do start to appreciate that they are part of a wider community and they they do have opportunities available to them which can enrich their experiences in both education and in life. Yeah that's a really great point about geographical distance evaporating with the use of social media but as you say people naturally kind of intuitively do think about that setting that they are based in physically Mm. and it's an obstacle to kind of get over isn't it Mm. I kind of feel that over the years in my teaching I've naturally disposed of that distinction between online and offline I don't Mm. think it's useful at all I'm on my phone if the students are doing some small group discussion that I don't want to interfere with and that I don't want to look like a stalker going around listening to them all the time I'll check the unit hashtag and I could be talking to a student outside the classroom at a different campus in a different state or even country perhaps in real time what has your use of digital modes of communication been like when you're well I'd say mostly in the classroom but you're also doing video conferences via zoom Mm. well I found that even as we were saying before about this concept of digital natives often the platforms that we ask students to use and and explore are platforms they're unfamiliar with so asking them to actually get their phones out in class and use those and start sharing things to for example twitter to the unit hashtag using online design programs to 
create infographics and all that sort of thing. If I don't start that in the classroom, it will be too daunting a task for students to do in their own time without that positive feedback. So there's that immediacy of getting feedback straight away and seeing that all of their peers are doing the same thing. And it really is like quite a daunting step to take that first move towards putting yourself out there online on a platform that is not necessarily native to them. So I do encourage students to interact on their own phone. So if they do a group activity, they'll upload something to Twitter. But then I've also started putting the Twitter feed up on the computer screen in the classroom. And I will demonstrate things like searching for a unit hashtag and filtering it by latest. Little things that, unless you spend much time exploring the app, you might miss. And it could impact on whether they actually embrace the the platform or not so it's different modes of getting them to to actually use the media directly and demonstrating and then sharing their work as well and and giving them positive feedback on what they've done well and to a lesser extent we don't explain step by step how to set up a WordPress site for example but I do demonstrate things and get them to do things in real time, even mixing up the media that we're using, like using Mentimeter, other digital platforms to get them to engage at, at, on different ways and different levels, really seems to to get them to embrace the, the unit content and gain confidence in their ability to do these things when they're not at uni and have that peer and, and teacher support. Yeah, one of the things that I've discovered about the learning by doing approach, and I think that students who engage discover that this is not the case, but some people might have the perception that it is relinquishing the responsibility of being a teacher because you're asking students to go and learn by yourself. Do this little thing. This idea of giving students less is sort of a very provocative one, even though it's giving them some agency and responsibility and it can really empower them. You sound like you've sort of discovered what I have over the years that I need to be a professional example to students and that's how it really works. You're still leading. You're not just a a guide who says, you know, go over there and have a look. You're actually in there, in the thick of it, doing it for yourself and exposing yourself as a learner as a lifelong learner seems like a really positive and constructive way to construct your identity as a teacher to me Mm, absolutely and it is something that I do highlight to students I tell them my experiences and what I'm doing now and highlight that I'm still learning by doing and that particularly in this industry or group of industries where you're dealing with digital media things are evolving continuously so as you said if I can demonstrate to them that I'm still going through this process but give them enough that they have the confidence to go home and continue what we've started because I've found that if I I simply explain the unit content and leave them completely to do for example the Twitter profiles and interacting online by themselves it's as I said it's too daunting a task for some of them and if, if someone can discover the benefits of, of connecting with others online and publishing their work even if it's just a handful of students then that provides me with great satisfaction because it's so powerful today when when graduate jobs aren't aren't a given. Yeah it seems to me like the old problem that was the desire and 
perceived need to give an example, which can be a problem when you've got written assignments like an essay, it can become the template. When you give examples of certain kinds that are too rigid and don't have flexibility, it always almost becomes that's what the student thinks they need to do. But giving examples of creative media making when you are engaging in creative capacity building with students, it seems like there's less risk of that mm. becoming the template for students to think this is how I need to be online mm. this is how, what I need to do because they discover themselves and that kind of discovery of themselves as students is replicated in your own discovery of yourself as a teacher mm. absolutely and I think that is a natural inclination to to look for the template or to look for the formula and and follow that and I even have students when I encourage them to check the unit hashtag before class that have seen the previous classes activities and what they've uploaded to Twitter and they get their ideas from that so it's a constant challenge to them that I put out there to be creative and be brave I often use the word brave put yourself out there and there's no right or wrong answer because the process of making media will be providing learning in itself. For example, I've just taught three different classes this week in making video and, and two groups out of approximately 50 students have, have been brave enough to make a video in a unit that's all about video. But demonstrating that to the rest of their peers is is a positive thing and highlighting the creativity it's just a matter of starting hopefully they gain confidence from that too well speaking of being brave thank you so much for having a chat to me when i don't provide any questions for this kind of thing (laughs) and uh really appreciate your time thank you adam Thank you so much to Emily for her time. You can find her contact details in the show notes. And thank you for listening. Please feel free to subscribe for future podcasts. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a range of other apps. You can also connect with me via Digital Zones on Twitter, Digital Zones on Instagram, the Digital Zones Facebook page, and the Digital Learning with Digital Zones website, where you can also find lots more digital learning content. I'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, have a great week, and I'll see you online.